and gentlemen, I, the light is starting to happen outside. If, if, if By the time we leave here, it'll be fully bright. It's going to be a clear day here in Atlanta to start off, but I know many of us are being impacted by a family member or somebody we know being chased by Dorian. I, uh, my parents live on Oak Island just south of Wilmington. And uh, they chose to um, they chose to hunker down. They moved all their vehicles to higher ground. It was interesting to hear them go through this. My dad is turning 80 next month, and I, every time I get on the phone with him and they they hunker down for a storm, I'm like, I feel bad that I'm not there to do anything about it. And they have a friend whose name is Francois who shows up at just the right times to you know to stand in the gap. And so we all have people who stand in the gap at times. And, um, you know, you're really grateful when someone stands in where you cannot. It's really hard to be a good family member at a distance. So if you are hosting, if you might be hosting and you don't know it yet as people move away from the, from the weather, uh, you know, thank you for what you do. And uh, we all know that friends and family and fish are about three days. Then after that, you know, you kind of, <laughs> it becomes a little more awkward. So um, we've got a lot of announcements this morning. Um, and we're going to sort of stagger them before and after our speaker. So, uh, Jim, if you wouldn't mind coming up and getting us started, I know you have an announcement that you wanted to, uh, to bring to the group. Um, and then after Jim, I'm giving this just the warning to everybody. Uh, Rob and Kevin are going to talk about chasing the white ball. I don't know what that means, but they told me to say it. Thank you, Eric. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to make sure I wore a shirt so you'd be able to see me. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm here representing the In His Steps program. Uh, I'm sure you've all volunteered for different things over the years, and uh, I'd never volunteered for this, but I got the call, so responded. Uh, most of you know me. Uh, I've been part of the group here for a while now, but I've been in RUMC since 76, and this is my fourth pastor, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I was on the Board of Stewards for, for 20 years and a member of the Board of Trustees. I was part of the interior design team on the new sanctuary, which isn't so new anymore, big deal. And I've provided antique cars for two reunions and several other special events. But most of all, you probably recognize me if you attend the, the uh, traditional service as the North Balcony Usher. Uh, but this year, I'm part of the In His Steps Committee. And I'm here to update you on our committee's plan. Uh, this year, the In His Steps participation program is quite a bit different. And you don't know it, but you've already been seeing some of it. Uh, you're seeing videos and hearing about the passion of our members and how their lives have been changed through RUMC. You think about it over the last several months, you've seen this going on, but you didn't see a plug and you didn't see a request tied to anything else. It was just to inform. Uh, you'll see the dedication, involvement, and satisfaction that our members enjoy from being part of RUMC. You'll see the wide variety of organizations, missions, job seekers, families, and children we help on a daily basis. And, and, and you'll also develop, and this is uh, something that comes close to a couple of our hearts. Uh, you'll develop an appreciation for the size, scope, value, and maintenance of the RUMC campus. In years past, perhaps there was a little too much emphasis on tithing. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know there are people, including my wife, that winces every time she hears that word. And these days, pledging is a term that is uh, kind of fallen out of favor, too. Um, like me, most of you have pledged to RUMC for many years, and you know that next year's budget is based on this year's pledge. I mean, we have a zero budget um, organization, so if we can't get the money in, we certainly can't disperse it and do all this. So in support of this effort, uh, we are uh, focusing this year on every step supports RUMC, and every step counts. Uh, so we're encouraging first-time givers, and this is not something that we've ever done before that I've been here, as well as our traditional members that have pledged. We encourage each Sunday school class, and we've been out talking with them, the Board of Stewards, and our men's group to strive for 100% participation in, in his steps. Uh, Neil Reynolds, who's running the committee, really, really <coughs> great guy, he and the committee will provide a special in his steps cake to the first group that reaches 100%. So there's an incentive, you know, and it's pretty cool. And believe it or not, in meeting with the, uh, the heads of the Sunday school classes, by the time the meeting ended, we had hands showing, uh, saying, how do we know we're in first place. So it was really amazing. And you know, they said, well, who do we call to check to make sure? And they were already starting to work on it. So, But seriously, our pledges and our commitments have been declining in recent years. If you look at the program bulletin and you see where we are, it seems like to me I never see those numbers balanced. There's always something short. 
and we want to try and fix that as much as we can this year. Um, so to keep RUMC strong and vital, it's up to us, because we are leaders, to step up and make a pledge. And just bear in mind, if you're not a normal pledger, five bucks a week is a minimum, and that's 260 bucks a year, which is doable for anybody. And if you get a cup of coffee here, you're going to spend the money anyway. So, you know, let's. The reason why we need the pledge is, it's if we have an accurate count or at least a good estimate of giving, then we can really start to plan better. It's tough to do. So, I would ask you to please pray for our efforts and prayerfully consider uh, your estimate of giving for the In His Steps program. I've got some. Uh, of the cards, uh, estimate giving cards, and I'll put them out later. Uh, we're not here to pick pockets today, but we'd like you to take that home and think about it between now and when the program kicks off. Kicks off. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. So uh, I already have a bit of good news this morning. I saw I had a Steve sighting. So Steve, I don't know what happened this morning. I'm glad he's not stranded on the side of the road between here and I think he lives in Snellville. So imagine driving from Snellville over here to make breakfast for you guys. So if Bobby will uh, uh, stand for just a moment, because he's almost about to get that first bite of food in his mouth. I didn't want that to happen. Thank you, Bobby. Um, so uh, I will. Uh, our, our our speaker for next month is actually related related to the announcement that's next. So, Kevin, if you and Rob would come up and tell us a little bit about chasing the white ball, that would be great. Well, I can't promise you free cake. i got to admit, that was a strong opening. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. I didn't think of that. Uh, but we're here to talk about the um, 22nd annual Malone Dodson Golf Tournament. It's coming up on October 7th, and I feel like at least a few people in this room play golf. A couple? Uh, let me see your hands. If you play, if you play golf at any level whatsoever, even really badly. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I know, right? Um, first of all, I'm going to let Kevin in just a second talk more about the foundation. The golf tournament goes to support the foundation. It's almost 30 years old. Uh, it's a very important part of the uh, Roswell community. Uh, but uh, and they give out last year 167 thousand uh, dollars in the Roswell community and to to support people that found charities around here like uh, you know the the Drake House etc all around uh, the Roswell community super important uh, but. I'm the tournament director. My name is Rob Hamilton. This is my first year doing this. Jeff has done this for several years and did a really good job with it. But uh, he, after five years, I think he wanted to, to move on to something else. So this is my first year uh, doing this. And we're a few months behind the, the gun in this because uh, we, should be, we should have been doing this uh, probably uh, back in May. But um, we are... We are trying to catch up now uh, that uh, all the, the people are in place, and uh, we're still going to pull it off in uh, about a month and two days from now. So the main thing that we need, uh, I have brochures that you guys can take with you, uh, are uh, we, we still need sponsors for the tournament, corporate sponsors, uh, you know, small business sponsors. There are sponsorship levels from uh from $7,500 all the way down to $200. Uh, if if Art Rogers writes a check right now for $7,500, it will be the 22nd annual Malone Dodson Golf Tournament presented by Art Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> On every piece of signage, $7,500. Every piece of signage, everything. And we'll even put his... We'll even we'll put a we'll put his picture on it if he wants to, and then Malone will be like, "Who's this guy?" Why is he on the sign? Uh, so it, it, and it's a tax write-off. Art, I'm just saying. Uh, we had uh, a, a sponsor almost at that level for the last uh, many years. Uh, it's Synovus uh, Bank, um, and and we had that because we had an in with Synovus, uh, someone who had worked there for a long time, who supported the church. And, uh, and she's moved on and it's not, uh, that's not her decision anymore. So we've got more ground to make up because Synovus has the pe new people don't know us and uh, immediately went, why are we writing these people a check uh, for this much money? So they cut the their support in half um, right away. So uh, we have, uh, you know, three or four more thousand dollars to make up that we didn't have to do in the past. So uh, the, the sponsorship opportunities range from whole sponsors to ball sponsors to food sponsors. 
We will literally sponsor everything there. It, uh, it's, you know, we're, I've run several golf tournaments for the NFL, for the uh, NFLPA, for the Players Association, and uh, I've learned that everything is available for sponsoring <laughs> at these things. Everything. Uh, you know, uh, we are sponsoring inside the carts. We are sponsoring everything. So, uh, you know, we want you to come and play in it. My goal this morning is not to have you guys write $7,500 checks, although I will be standing by the door on your way out with just my hand like this. But my goal this morning is to get players. So if you guys would like to play, it's a Fort Lauderdale scramble with a shotgun start at 12 noon. It's going to be at the beautiful Woodmont Golf and Country Club in Canton, Georgia, so it's only a 25-minute drive from here. Uh, it's I went up and spent the day the other day there uh, with them. They are ready and open to uh, you know to welcome us on October seventh. It's a Monday. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a beautiful day hopefully, and you can spend the day outside with your church family, your friends on the golf course. Food is provided, lunch is provided, dinner is provided, entertainment is provided uh, by our illustrious hopefully. Quartet <laughs> and uh, uh, barbershop quartet. We hope uh, that uh, that's going to work out too. It's going to be a great day. Um, and you know, check ins around 10 a.m. Uh, so it's not too early. Um, and uh, and we'll be done by 5:30 or so. You can uh, come on back home. It's going to be a blast. But we need players. We have great door prizes, great raffles. Uh, Lots of entertainment, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. So I encourage you to go to rumc.com/golf, and that will get you to our website. And you can sign up, you can register, you can uh, you know sign up as a foursome, you can sign up and say I don't have a foursome, I need to be in, and we'll make all of that happen. So rumc.com on the state on the. Uh, church's website slash golf uh, will get you there. And I do have brochures up here that detail every single thing about it. I'll have them with me at the front table up here. If you would like one, please come by and get it. And where all that money goes is <laughs> the foundation. Yeah, what a, what a segue there. Hey, so just to quickly share with you, uh, and I'm a, I'm a board member of our RUMC Foundation. Since its inception uh, 18 years ago, there's been over $2 million, really $2 million of grants that have been provided for various um, support, relief, uh, to support local, global mission partners, college scholarships, um, just a variety of things for facilities and grounds. So that's on average annually about $150,000 that go towards a ton of great causes. So it's really just so um, inspiring. And then the, the proceeds from this golf tournament um, go to benefit really the operations of the RUMC. So if you have any other um, questions about the foundation, I'll be over here. Thanks again, Eric. Yeah, so before I introduce the new golf sponsor of Art, um, <laughs> next uh, uh, October's Men's Breakfast, uh, I hope, I believe, will be hosted by Phil Dodson, related in some way to the Malone Dodson Golf Tournament. So Phil is his son that, in fact, was uh, really part of the real energy behind the the choir uh, reunion that they had, what, two or three Sundays ago? I hope you were there for that. We were in the choir, and it was so fun to have people who grew up in this church who sang in the, in, in the youth choir when they were much younger all show up and get to know each other again. Now, these are all folks that are you know mostly in their 50s now, and it was just a real blessing to hear about how this church had impacted them Two or three said they, they wanted to reconnect, and it was just really a great fun. So Phil Dodson was behind that, and hopefully we'll hear a little bit more about his journey, maybe even lunches for learning in, in Nicaragua um, or Honduras? Honduras. Honduras, thank you. Um, uh, but he will be our speaker next um, next month on October the 3rd. I think it's October the 3rd. So without any more uh, blubbering by me, Art, would you come up and introduce today's speaker? Thank you so much for doing that. Rob, thanks for putting me on the spot there. Um, I had an idea, and if you want to call Cheryl and get her to cancel the cruise she just booked, we could probably do that. <laughs> Give her a call. I love to hear that conversation goes. Exactly, exactly. Hey, before I introduce our guest, I just wanted to, for us all to reflect for a second, because it's going to 
relate to things he's going to talk about maybe a little bit today. But um, you look around our campus, how blessed is our church, right? We're just so fortunate, have been historically for so many years. And just look at, you know, so many wonderful people in this room that have been longtime members um, and how God uses all the gifts and talents that we that he gives us, you know, to grow his church. And uh, I know everyone here has been a part of some ministry, you know, hopefully giving and everything else. Um, and, of course, with those many ministries uh, and God's blessings, you know, our church has grown uh, enormously. I remember it wasn't that long ago. Well, first of all, we built, you know, the big sanctuary down the hill, right? couple of few decades ago. Not long after that, I remember Rusty standing out in front of the Dodd as we dedicated the Dodson Youth Center to our youth. And that was a huge, huge gift, right, of growth. Our mission outreach, all the wonderful work Nancy and all her teams do in missions now, you know, where, as we say, around the corner, but around the world, and what we've done in Kenya. And Scott, you've been a big part of that. Many others in this room is just nothing short of amazing. So truly, God is with us through all these things, and, and we've been blessed with this growth. And you look now at our campus, and it's just like a small college. It's it's amazing. And the coffee shop, the latest, I think, wonderful ministry that's up and cranking and has already shown great, great promise. So, um, oh, and, and then not to mention Chapel Rousel was really the thing. So Chapel Rousel was that moment when we started this modern worship service uh, to really welcome a community of the unreached. And that's a big part of what we want to do here as a church, our, our mission. And um, and because of Chapel Roswell, that's where we intersected with Rick Fossum. He showed up a couple of years ago, I think, about a couple of years ago at Chapel. Um, and he's going to share with you his story about that. But uh, as I got to know Rick in the last several months, uh, he's a very experienced creative leader, in brand development and strategic planning. And I met him back in February and had the opportunity to be working with him side by side over the past several months as, as we uh, worked together along with Nancy and Jeff Ross and, and Tom on sort of crafting, you know, the vision and and uh, our branding, you know, who we are, just kind of centering in on this these wonderful opportunities that we have with great people and great facilities. You know, what do we want to be to the community in today's world? And that's a tough question for such a time as this, right? There's just so much disruption and noise and things going on. So um, I believe, though, that God brought him here for that reason and to use his gifts and talents to help us more intentionally communicate to the world that we are a community, a place of community and faith, Roswell United Methodist Church, and with the vision to help people live a Christ-centered life. So we're going to let Rick come share his story that's our goal, and here now, ladies and gentlemen, is Rick Fossum. Truth be told, I'm a little intimidated. Uh, I'm a lot more comfortable with something up on a screen or a whiteboard, because that's kind of where I work, right? And um, as Art mentioned, I'm doing some work with your church. Um, and I'm working with senior pastors, pastoral staff, division, and the ministry leaders um, throughout the organization have spent about five months um, working with, you know, your people on um, what is RUMC, um, how do we sort of talk to the world about kind of the beauty that goes on here. And, you know, when I, I've been to probably three men's breakfasts, um, this is not my space. I'm much better of one-to-one. -one. Um, so it's, if you haven't met me, it's probably because I'm hiding in a corner. But... Um, you know, I talked with Eric a couple breakfasts ago, and I said, you know, I'd love to share some stuff um, that I've discovered just through some work that I've done. Um, but I'm working with your church. You know, Jim, you mentioned 76 you started here, you know, and before the sanctuary and all these things that have been contributed and done. And, you know, I thought to myself, I don't want to be some... I'm going to try not to swear up here either, but I don't want to be some, you know, whippersnapper that's up here that thinks he's, you know, really smart and can kind of tell your church what I think you should do, um, because that's not what we're doing. Um, I'm just helping. But I wanted to really just let you all know who I am, um, because as I'm working closely with your church that many of you have attended for generations, I just wanted you to 
hopefully at the end of this, I'm, you know, I would hope you'd like me and maybe trust me a little bit. But I wanted to let you kind of know my story. I am a little nervous because, quite frankly, this is uncomfortable. Um, I'm uh, from Connecticut. Uh, my dad was a car dealer. My mom was a uh, housewife. And I'm the middle child of three boys. So affirm me, tell me you love me. I'm the middle forgotten child. <laughs> but um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Um, but oddly, in 1976, um, I, I walked to the front of a uh, Nikki Cruz rally. Who remembers Nikki Cruz? Oh David God. Wilkerson. Yeah. Crossing the switchblade, run baby run. So that was my foray into faith. And um, so I, uh, this was fourth grade for me. Kind of grew up through the junior and senior high ranks of the church. I think we were Methodist for a bit. Uh, I think we were Presbyterian for a bit. And then uh, most of my early faith maturing came through an Episcopal church um, up in Connecticut. Um, so that was, you know, did all the things we were supposed to do. We grew up in a really affluent town in Connecticut with all the trappings that come of that. Of, um, you know, my dad was a dealer, car dealer. Um, and um, <laughs> so I wasn't shuffling off to the mom and dad's Vermont cabin for the weekend but many of my peers were. Um, and I, um, you know, drank, did all the college things or the high school things, which then kind of led into sort of this college affair, really a, a sort of an affair away from God. Um, I remember the chairman is, or the founder of Charity Water. He was a nightclub promoter who went and found Jesus and then spent some time away. And he said, somebody asked him once, you know, hey, what was that like? You know, you, 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 you accepted Jesus, Christ came into your heart, and with that sort of this Holy Spirit thing, right? And um, he said, you know, the voice just got quieter. And so my college years were raucous, um, and, um, but God always, you know, kind of sort of showed up. And I went to school in Jacksonville, Florida, JU. Um, I was an art major, um, and I was a fraternity uh, party major. But um, so graduated from college, came to Atlanta in 91, worst to first Braves. I was talking with Lee about earlier. Um, so I was like, wow, this town is amazing. Remember what that was like when they got really good? I didn't know any other. Um, so started working in the Atlanta sort of marketing creative agency space um, as a graphic designer. Um, my uh, now bride sold me my first Macintosh. Um, that's how we met. And um, we have two sons now, um, Sam and Alex. Sam is 18 and just four weeks into Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia as a dance major. Um, my other son, Alex, is 20 and he and his girlfriend and their dog have been living with us for a year and a half. And they've just moved out um, three, three weeks ago. Got an apartment. We're empty nesters. Um, it's wonderfully quiet and clean. Um, but you know, we, we each have our own journeys, right? You know, it's like Sam was this driven dancer. Adam, um, many of you don't know, um, was, uh, has known Sam since he was this big, brought him into the stage and these things. And Sam has become arguably the most disciplined person in our household and is just a dancer and is driven and does this. Um, Alex, not so much. Spent a year at Georgia Southern, little chip off the old block, realized school didn't quite work out for him, came home for a spell, brought his girlfriend and their dog. Um, so, got married here um, to my wife Susan 20 years ago, September 27th. It's been a long journey. Most of it was raising kids. Um, we attended Apostles Church off um, 75. Michael Youssef for a while um, wasn't our, you know, type of people, you know, a lot of buckhead money kind of stuff, you know, conservative Christianity kind of a thing um, just wasn't sort of our fit. Um, then one day, a gentleman by the name of Crawford Loritz was a um, guest pastor um, and he, um, is that, am I done? Is that um, he spoke? Um, my wife and I had been considering a church move. Our kids were this big, you know. We were driving to Buckhead to go to church. Just to, and at that age, even getting a shoe on a kid is hard. Let alone cursing and sweating to get a child on your way to church. 
Um, but Crawford spoke, and we were like, huh, this is really interesting, like the way he speaks. And he mentioned, oh, by the way, I'm going to go become senior pastor at Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell. Um, so we spent 15 years um, at Fellowship, and it was great. Um, my church was the Sunday school class beforehand. It was this group of maybe 20 people that um, got together of ages 60s through early 20s. It was a really beautiful experience. We wrestled and wrangled with some interesting questions. Um, we had different, it was just a different dynamic. Um, and then I lost my job of 15 plus years. Um, I was a creative director at an agency here in Atlanta. And who's lost a job? I figure I'm in good company in this room. But you know what that's like, right? It's like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? I'm a creative. My wife's a creative. Our checkbook is a mess. And now I've lost a job. So we've got to pay the, um, the mortgage, you know, pay for food, those kinds of things. What do I do? Um, so it really um, was, a, it was, an, it was another sort of adventurous step in my life that I was going through. And um, really, um, God became different to me. Um, all of a sudden, something like faith became real. Um, we're told, we're, you know, Scripture sh shares have faith. We see the Israelites getting cloud by day, fire by night, manna, daily bread. Um, and that really became kind of um, what I was doing. So um, I had a craft that I could freelance. So as I was looking for the next gig, I was doing freelance creative work, um, copywriting, um, other type of things, branding, and um, started to sort of pick up a bit. You know, it was all of a sudden a thing. I could actually earn this month's, perhaps next month's mortgage payment and above. Um, but then I was working with a former colleague of mine, Brooke Wright. We, she was a, is a strategist digital marketer, and we, she was freelancing a year out before I was, and we said, hey, if we locked arms, maybe we could put a better product out there in front of the world, get more business. So we did that, and for maybe a year, we were um, working together, doing small, um, small to medium-sized business branding work, um, some marketing work. And then she got a phone call from a friend of hers named Tom Goodwin, who's with Crew. Anybody familiar with Crew? Formerly Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, they had Crew Camp Crew had gone through a uh, kind of a reorg um, eight years prior. They went from Campus Crusade to Crew. They renamed. Um, they uh, within that they took um, Bill Bright, the founder, was a was a an entrepreneur. And he was a ministry entrepreneur. So Crew, as an organization, had built this sort of vast portfolio of ministries. When they went through their reorg, they reorganized some of those ministries. Some of them they sunsetted out. Some of them they sort of blessed on their own accord to leave. Um, some of their inner city ministries, a couple of them, they sort of blessed on their own accord to leave because they realized that we're a global, majority culture-driven institution. We really don't have the... Um, authenticity to lead a minority-driven urban ministry. So they had taken a lot of these ministries and lumped them into a crew city ministry. And they, they were looking and saying, can we take this campus model, which was their big, vast majority model, and do the same thing in a city? They're a parachurch organization. They do evangelical work. Their uh, mission is to fulfill the Great Commission, make disciples of all nations. So they go out and on campus, they're inviting students to events and whatnot. And now they're, um, they're saying, can we do that in a city? So we spent about um, three, four months doing a quali qualitative research study. We hired a cultural anthropologist that looked at who are people in the city um, of every, from uh, agnostic to Christian, um, 18 to 54, all sorts of ethnicities, um, all sorts of geographies. And, looked at, and we asked them, what do you think about Christians? What do you think about messaging that comes from Christian institutions? Um, what do you like about it? What do you not like? And it really, um, hearing from Christianity's audience knocked me for a loop. All of a sudden, I was hearing from people and what they thought about what I held dear and believed in and stood upon. Um, and it threw me for a loop. It got me disillusioned with Christianity. It got me disillusioned with Christians. Um, it got me disillusioned with um, a lot of institutions, churches, things like that. And um, I was exploring 
stopped going to fellowship. My wife is, hey, man, that's your thing wherever, you, you know, I'll, I'll go where you go. Um, but I had a few people tell me about this place called Chapel Roswell. It's really cool. Art Walsh, John Moreau, a couple others. Hey, I think you'd like it. It's really cool. So I said, all right, I'll check it out. Um, and I went in as a cynic. Um, I'm like, okay, this is your cool millennial church service because you want to get millennials to come to your church because you need to, you know, increase your membership, you know. Um, but I went in as a cynic. And, um, and then um, Eric Lee and Kristen Hyden were leading it at the time. Um, it was this August, beginning of August. This was about two years ago. Um, it was the start of August I went in. And they were starting a series on the questions that Jesus asks. And I sat down in the pew. Music was great. And the question that Jesus, they were talking about was, Jesus had a couple of disciples following him or something. And he said, he turned to them and said, what are you looking for? So that was the question that I sat there in the back of the church. What are you looking for, Rick? So went there and I just was like, all right, Lord, what am I looking for? Um, but I committed to four weeks. I said, I'm going to stay through this series and see what it looks like, see if it's this place for me. Um, I'm going to try to wrap up. Um, Chris, Kristen preached the last, the fourth week, and it was wonderful. And um, I, uh, I, was, I was knocked for a loop by the entire experience because there were people that go to that service that were social friends of mine. They were not church friends of mine. Um, we didn't talk about faith and church things a lot. We talked about, oh, the sports our kids are doing or what, how's work going and those kinds of things. Um, so that was already another hurdle. It was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm sharing cues with people that are my social friends. Um, I had this sort of faith that I could do and all of a sudden they're um, And then um, fourth week, Kristen Hyden comes up, Pastor Kristen Hyden, a woman. And I was like, well, that's interesting, because I'd never had that. We've had Anglican churches with deacons, but there never was this woman that came up. And she was wonderful. And I went up to her afterwards and said, hey, Kristen, nice to meet you. Told her the story about my social friends. And I said, and then the woman walked and said, thank you. And I was walking out to my car. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. I was walking out to my car, and I'm like, did I just say that? <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh, my gosh. So immediately I got home, and I... um emailed her. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Finish. I know your heart. Come back. Um, so I was going back and really um, engaged. You know, I, God was using the service and the people to impact me. Um, and then one Sunday afternoon or after the service, a beautiful service, um, two folks came and they were some people in some position um, at the church that I didn't know the position or the people. Um, and they said, oh, by the way, um, we are reassigning um, Eric and Kristen to different churches. And I felt like I got hit in the face with a hammer because here was this place that I'd found home. And um, these two people walked in and said, oh, by the way, Kristen and Eric are leaving. In two weeks, we're going to have finger sandwiches in the parlor. So I was, I said to my wife, I'm like, let's get out of here. Fortunately, I know Art Walsh and called him up and it was an expletive laden phone call. What the heck is going on? Um, a lot more percussive than that. Um, and he said, well, you know, in the Methodist church, there's this thing called appointments. <laughs> and, and, people, and, they, and people are reassigned. And I'm like, still, okay, right? Um, and then, you know, I said, and he said, you know, the way they shared it, he said, I thought about you. Because <coughs> here I am. I have no idea what this Methodist thing is, um, coming out of disillusionment with this church, finding this place of beauty, and it hits me in the face. I'm done. Go start a house church, study really cool things, whatever it is. Then um, God had a conversation with me. I had a conversation with him, And he said, Rick, who's the church? And sheepishly, I was like, I am, right? We all are. We're the body of Christ. We're the kingdom of God here on earth. Um, this is a building. And this is, these are my words, you know. I've do, I don't know a lot of the history and theology behind it. But I believe, you know, followers of Jesus, the church. Um, and he said, go back. Okay. So I went back, um, and it was another rough restart, but um, it became beautiful again. Um, fast forward a little bit, a guy named Jeff Ross um, comes up to the front of Chapel Roswell, introduces himself as this part-time associate pastor, 
um, he preached that day. Um, he said, you know, I'm here as kind of, I'm in the, I'm looking over kind of helping pastor some of the adult ministries. He says, I've got a history of um, pastoral background, pastoring a church. I've done a lot of youth pastor work, and I'm here to be a youth pastor for the adult. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting. So over the course of a time up to then, I'd been doing my own sort of qualitative research on Christianity's audience, sort of continuing my own passion work from the foundation of the crew work of um, how does a faith, a beautiful story, talk to people that don't know it. Um, really talking with a lot of um, suburban affluent Christian men. How do you live out your faith? Um, phone interviews, asking them questions. And the, the, one of the questions was, um, was just that. How do you live out the Christian faith? And um, the vast majority of people said, well, that's a really interesting question. I've never really thought about that. And when, well, let's walk through some of that, it typically turned out to be um, try not to judge, be a good steward, um, uh, I know I fall short sometimes, set a good example, be a good mm -hmm. father, good husband. Um, and I said, oh, and I didn't say this, but I, after hearing from 15, 20 folks a similar story, I'm like, wow, that's something anybody would believe, you know? What is it about this faith, this Jesus, that should be different, right? Um, so um, had coffee with Jeff, shared a little bit. Um, he said, you know, we should maybe grab Tom Davis and have coffee because Chapel, Ro Chapel Roswell is two years old. RUMC is 200 years old, whatever it is, right? It's a long time, lots of generations. And there's probably a good opportunity to, how do we, how do we tell a consistent message about Roswell United Methodist Church, this campus, this community of faith? Um, so met with Tom. I shared a lot of the work I've done with crew. I've got presentation after presentation, looking at research, ministry models, uh, personas of people in the world. Um, and, uh, he said, well, maybe we could, we could do some work with you. I mean, you could help us maybe with some messaging <coughs> or language, um, or things like that. So, um, last February, um, I started to do work with, um, the senior pastor team, associate pastor team, some other folks that are leaders in different areas of the church. Um, a lot of it was spent digging in and exploring um, what is RUMC. Um, and for somebody that comes in from the outside, relatively speaking, it was, um, it was really interesting for me because I started to see the beauty. I saw the beauty of the hearts and the caretaking that goes on of people here for each other, for people in the local community, for way beyond. Um, I started to attend the different worship services um, and um, just to get a good blend of it. We met and had a, this was a few months ago, we had a focus group with um, a room of sort of people that were kind of leaders in the lay leaders in the church, um, uh, chapel and sanctuary services, really to sort of pressure test some of the work we've been doing to make sure we weren't wrong with how we were thinking about talking about this church to the world. Um, but... Um, and it was really interesting at one of the traditional services I was at. And now I'm like living in this crazy faith space space because God has like shown up in my life. He's working on me. He's doing some really new and incredible things with me that I'm like tears at, at the drop of a hat in a church service. The choir sang one day and I was just nearly a wreck because it's beautiful. It's powerful. And they're stinking good. There's probably some singers in here. Um, but I was looking at... I was there early one day when they were trans they were kind of uh, resetting the stage for um, traditional after the welcome home. Good morning, 930. Good morning, Americans. <laughs> and, um, and I was watching the ladies um, dress. I'm going to have I'm going to go till eight um, um, dress the table. And I'm like the tradition and the beauty and the meaning behind all these things that the robes there because there's right right? There's meaning behind all that stuff, right? People don't know that. People see it as old, um, irrelevant, um, and this is from research, you know, un, out of touch. But so part of me is like, how do we let those people know what that means, right? What's the 101 that we can just let people know? Um, in addition, we've seen Chapel Roswell lower the barrier of entry a bit for somebody like me, and others to come in to the RUMC community. But um, I think, so my journey has been rough, 
all of our journey has been rough. There's a great Joseph Campbell quote, I think. He says, he uses the wilderness as sort of this metaphor of life and where we go. And he says, if you're in the wilderness and you're on a path, it's not yours. So we've all sort of blazed these paths. And one thing that I continue to learn and that I would almost ask you all to participate is to unpack our faith. We've got this story that we believe in and we've seen it in our lives. But it, when I look at that, it's freaking nuts. We have this Trinitarian God that created man, the dust of the earth, led this tribe by day, cloud, fire, right? Um, then there was Jesus, who was one of the Trinity, fully God, became fully man, spent some time here, miraculously performing some things, crucified for our sins so we can be reconciled to a holy God, dead and buried, rose again three days later, spent some time hanging out with some folks, eating with them, showing them his nails, going back up into the sky and said, there's going to be a Holy Spirit coming, your helper, that you will receive if you believe in me, which is part of God, but it's God. And we have it inside us if we accept Jesus, which is the same power that empowered Jesus when he was in the world, performing miracles, dying for our sin, saying things like, greater things will you do. So... We're doing some very interesting work with this church. And when it comes to building from a vision, everyone needs to be involved. Um, I have a burden of hope for the work we're doing. Um, I'm just a dude. I have a skill set that we're using. There's a lot of voices that are doing the work and authoring into it. Um, but ultimately, if this campus that Art mentioned is this place of community and faith for Roswell to get to know more about, to have maybe lower barriers of entry for some people, to walk onto its steps, to meander across the campus, to park in the parking lot on a Friday night, to walk their dog, to go have a cup of coffee. Um, we all need to participate. I'm learning in the last months that prayer is a lot of the work. I'm not a prayer not like a quiet time guy. Um, but I am learning that that's a, an interesting thing. I've started to sit in the nine o'clock staff volunteer meetings to pray for this church, to pray for the community of Roswell, to pray for the work we're doing, that we do it well. Um, and there's this beautiful woman, Mary Stokes. Stokes. I'm so bad with names. This is the best because everybody has name tags. But Mary Stokes is just this wonderful cherubic church lady you know and um she's beautiful and wonderful and she's led these devotions before prayer time and i was talking to her once afterwards about this cosmic god right you know i mean this is crazy right am i alone because that's nuts right um and we were talking about that and she said um you know when i used to put my kids to sleep at night when they were little and a lot of times they'll ask those big questions. You know, they either want to stay up a little longer or they're legitimately curious. And um, she said something, and I'm like, I'm going to write that down because it's absolutely beautiful. And I really want to leave us with that um, because we can get set in our ways with God and lose sight of the cosmic beauty. She said, she said, I would say to them, I can only tell you what I understand about God today. And I hope when we talk 10 or 15 years from now, I can tell you something more or different. So, right? Bam. So I would ask us to make sure we're in the game. Hear me well. There's incredible, beautiful things that people are in the game. I've seen it. I've learned about it more and more. I heard about it this morning. And um, But let's just all look at ourselves. We're not done. God's not done. God's crazy cosmic. And his Holy Spirit is empowering us. So uh, thank you. Um, I do have to split quickly as I'm scared to talk, but I've got to be in Alpharetta shortly workshop. But um, thank you. One of the things that makes it easy for me to wake up at O Dark 45 to be here on Thursday is I know RUMC always comes through on authenticity. I don't always know what somebody's journey is when they get up to speak to you. We don't, you know, we don't uh, spend a whole lot of time asking 20 questions to make certain that they're not going to put the car in the ditch. But I trust that when you get up here, we're going to hear about a man's authentic journey. 
Uh, we've all, if you've been Methodist for a while, I was raised Presbyterian, and the appointment process really stumped me for a while. And to hear your reaction to, you know, being told that way that, uh, you know, Kristen and Eric were going to be leaving, that's authentic. That is the kind of experience that sometimes drives people away from church forever. And to see that redeemed, not just redeemed, but to see what's coming of it now is, is powerful. So thank you for sharing that with us this morning. Um, there's a lot of great stuff going on at RUMC, and we've got a couple more announcements. Um, I'm going to ask Mike to come up and tell us a little bit something about what's going on with the trustees. You know, Mike Brooks and I am, am one of the trustees here at church, and after what we just heard, I really hate to bring us back to reality and <laughs> mundane things. And I'm afraid that's what I'm going to do. I just I think we need to know what I'm going to say, but that was fantastic. Um, the... Um, the, the, the trailer is gone. You, you've seen, um, you know, the, the lovely white story trailer. <laughs> so, and, and we have plans what to do with that. A lot of you hopefully already know this from Board of Stewards, Sunday School classes, word of mouth. If not, if, if there's three people that don't, good, I'm about to tell you because we're, we're going to need a little help at the end. I'm going to ask for a little bit of help. But what we plan to do, um, and I say plan, and I, well, we do plan it, and we will do it somehow. We're running up against some, you know, some budget constraints. The trustee money was cut significantly this year, but we're going to work through that, and 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 we're going to make that pretty. Where the trailer used to be is, is going to be some grass, pavers around it. It's it's going to look really neat. As um, Michael Grant said, now the the ugly thing is going to be the scout hut, and that's true. And we're working with um, folks to try and, as the architect says, put put lipstick on a pig because we, we, we don't have money for a new scout hut or new building, obviously, and, and, and we're not we're not going to try to do that at this point. Um, but what we do want to do, if someone in here, any any of us in here know folks, maybe maybe it's one of us, maybe if you have a contact with someone who does do paver work, does do um, the architect work. The architect that has designed the, the grass slash paver area, he has donated that time. He's the same guy that did the commons. We're, we're, we're in pretty good shape there. What would be wonderful, and I'm meeting tomorrow, uh, tomorrow with an architect to help us pretty up the scout hut. Likely, we're going to have to pay for that. So if someone happens to be an architect and has some free time and wants, wants to help um, and we, and, or knows someone that maybe we could get a, a good deal with, so to speak, that would be wonderful. That's really what I want to ask. If you could tell me afterwards, like, I, I have to leave also pretty, pretty quick after. Ernie Bond knows how to get in touch with me. Nancy does. Susan Gunter does. does. Dee Costello. There's, you know, any number of people can, can say how to get a hold of me. So, so please, please do that. Oh, it, it, and it, it, we, we want, we don't, we're not looking for people with shovels and axes to start <coughs> chopping up the uh, asphalt. It, it's going to be professionally done. It has to be City of Roswell. Um, inspections, permits, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not asking for a bunch of guys to come out with, with your shovel tomorrow. We, we really, you know, we want, we want to solicit some professional folks. And that's it. So, so please, please let us know uh, if you can find some folks to help. Thanks, Mike. So Barney no longer needs anyone to help move a piano this morning. So thank you for whoever's taking care of that with Barney. Um, Rusty, will you come up for a minute and talk to us about toolbox.life and pray us out? Yes, I Thanks, will. Sir. In fact, what I'm going to do is let's put that one off till next time. But I do want to share two really quick uh, secrets with you guys and then uh, be happy to pray. One secret, there's so much talent in this church. One secret is that there are two people here this morning that write amazing blogs. And you may not know it. So Mark and his wife, Debbie, they have a blog. Anybody that's been to that, it's really fantastic. I've never had the privilege of meeting Rick uh, this first time this morning, but I went to his website, and he's got blogs on his website that are fascinating, y'all, just absolutely. So anybody like me that didn't hear enough this morning, I suggest that you go to that website and uh, get your mind stirring. I love the fact that uh, worship at a church that has a way of reaching everybody and gathering their thoughts on this journey. But I, I find those, I haven't read them all, but I've read a bunch of words this morning. So the second secret is, how do you get a blessing from mission trips? Go. You go, okay, you go. All right, so let me tell you where we are on mission trips here, and I'll tell you what you can do. So here's where we are. We've got mission trips lined up. We got them every month. We got a leader for every month. We have tools. We have every tool that you might want. We have a place to stay. 
We have a work to do. We have people in need, and we have people that will train you, and you need no training, okay? And we've got donors. So if you don't have money, we got money. Anybody getting a feeling what it is we need? Okay, right. So it turns out that when God wanted to do something really big, like make the world and people, you know, man and woman, you know what he didn't do? Hold a fundraiser. <laughs> he didn't hold a fundraiser. He actually put his hands in the dirt and got them. Only one way to get a blessing on a mission trip, go. So if you're in here and you're young enough to go, quit lying to yourself. Sign up for one of them, okay? If you're not young enough to go, get somebody by the back of the collar. Probably somebody that's got your DNA in them. Get them to rumc.com slash serve and sign them up. Anybody with me on this? I'm not going to relent. I mean, I am going to be relentless, okay? Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, all right? You can get dirty playing golf. It's kind of the zip code deal here. But <laughs> By the way, we got Dorian coming. I don't know what our role might be there. But we got plenty to do and, uh, while we wait on Dorian. And she won't be alone. There'll be another, okay? Let's pray. Lord, it hits me this morning that disillusionment with the church is just a step in our faith walk. You know, Rick kind of explain that so clearly. You must have known that as you set this up. Yet at the same time, when we get inside, we see ourselves as the, it becomes a beautiful thing. Thank you for the people you gather us campus. Thank you for our diversity. Thank you for the differences that we help us, Lord, engage those that are disillusioned in any sense and make sure that they know that you're still calling them to you. Thank you for Rick and the leadership he's given. Thank you for Eric and the commitment he has this morning, Bobby, for cooking up that food that he does for us all the time, and the service that's in the folks that set me. We want to be your people, Lord. Help us this name. Amen. Amen.